Hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Life Choices Matter. Well, I recently finished the book entitled Where the Money Is, Value Investing in the Digital Age. The author is Adam Cecil, and this book was just recently released. So a little bit about the author. He is a graduate of Dartmouth College and began his professional life as a newspaper reporter in North Carolina. There he won the George Polk Award for Environmental Reporting. In 1995, Cecil took his research skills to Wall Street, where he worked for Sanford C. Bernstein, Barron Capital, and Davis Selected Advisors, before starting his own firm, Gravity Capital Management, which manages money for high net worth individuals and institutions. Since beginning, a record of stock market performance while at Davis Funds in mid-2000s, he has beaten the S&P 500. He has also written about investing as a contributor to Barron's and Fortune. Married and with one grown son who works as a software engineer, Cecil and his wife, an artist, live in Manhattan. So that's just a little bit about the author. Now let's get into the book. So in the beginning of this book, the author talks about Benjamin Graham and how he devised a system to find value in a company and what Benjamin Graham would look for is what the company could be sold for. So if the shares were worth what the company could be sold for, he found that as a great value because just the company's assets were worth the shares. And he also, in the beginning of the book, he talks about Warren Buffett and how he learned from Benjamin Graham and Peter Lynch and Charlie Munger a little bit. And to read a little bit right from the beginning of the book, he says, as Peter Lynch has said, superior businesses win in the stock market over time, inferior ones either languish or die. Working in the 1980s and 1990s, Lynch was an intellectual descendant of Ben Graham, Warren Buffett's teacher and the father of modern security analysis. Confronted with the speculative markets of the early 20th century, Graham imposed an investment discipline onto them. The methods he devised have, been, have given generations of investors the chance to approach the market so that positive results stem not from luck, but from a system. Graham's approach came to be known as value investing. And while the discipline has morphed into different schools and subsets, all of them continue to revolve around a few central orthodoxies. All value investors do their research. All value investors are disciplined about the price they pay. Above all, all value investors scorn randomness. Instead, like Graham, we impose a framework onto the markets. We invest using a set of rules that we rarely alter, trusting that our discipline will help us outperform the market averages over time. The book goes on to say that Ben Graham usually measured price against a company's net asset value, its assets less its liabilities, while Buffett focuses more on a company's profit stream. The book then goes on to talk about how Warren Buffett learned from Benjamin Graham about value investing, but then 
Warren Buffett starts to shift into more looking for companies with competitive advantages, or as he calls, moats. And he also starts looking more at the money that a company's making. So, essentially, Buffett is willing to pay more for a company that has a strong moat and strong earnings. Then, that transitions into more modern times and what the core of the book is about, and it's the modern tech companies and how to value their worth, you cannot look at it like how Benjamin Graham would look at a company a hundred years ago. So, the core of the book is how do you value companies like Google and he use, uses Intuit a couple of times. In fact, he uses Intuit and Campbell's a um, couple different times. And he looks at the two companies and demonstrates how you really can't value a company like Campbell's Soup and Intuit the same way. And he uses that as an example to it how there's many companies like that when you try to compare them to a tech company because the tech companies he says they put so much of their money into innovation and that type of thing so basically you have to look at them differently so the author comes up with his own checklist of what he uses to help value companies in modern times and the first is business quality, and he asks, does the company have a low market share? Are they in a large and growing market? And is the company a sustainable, or do they have a sustainable competitive advantage? And then second, management quality. Does management think and act like owners? Do the executives understand what drives business value? And three, price says, can you arrive at a reasonable earnings yield over 5%? So those are the questions he asks about a company while he's trying to find the value. Near the end of this book, he talks about kind of the just modern times and he encourages investors to invest in what they know. And using, he says, using your own experience as a consumer and he says, don't take your knowledge of tech and what you know for granted and use that to your advantage. And he, just a quick um, part from the book, he says, I admit that investing in the stock market can occasionally be jarring. At the onset of the coronavirus pandemic, the stock market declined 30% in less than a month. The quickest such downturn in history, during such times, it's natural to be frightened. But these are precisely the times you need to stay rational and remember Ben Graham's friend, Mr. Market. During such times, ask yourself, what is the stock market? Then answer, it's a place where over time, value gets found out. If you internalize this mantra, market pullbacks are simply times when you can 
by great businesses on sale. The author also talks about the power of compound interest and why you have to stick with your investments and let time work for you. He talks about a parable that starts like this. A king who employed a court mathematician who was as intelligent as he was mischievous, one day the mathematician proposed a game to the king. Let me start with one grain of wheat placed on the first square of a chessboard, the mathematician said, and when I move to the next square, I will double the number of grains. I will continue doubling in this way until I have reached the 64th and final square. When I finish, you will grant me all the wheat on the board. The king, who was not good at math, agreed, only to discover that when the geometric progression was finished, he owed the mathematician nine quintillion, 223 quadrillion, 372 trillion, 36 billion, 854 million, 780,000 grains of wheat. So I had heard that parable before, and I really like that one. It certainly shows the, the power of exponential growth. And then at the end, he, he shows a couple pictures of New York City and the change in just 13 years. And the first picture, it's mostly um, horses pulling carriages and like one car. And then just 13 years later, it's all cars and like one horse and buggy. And so he ends just saying that things are gonna continue to change, especially with with tech and just to be diligent and watching your investments. And then at the very, very end, there's a nice little glossary and it has a lot of different definitions and describes different investing terms, which I found kind of helpful. But anyhow, that wraps up the book. Um, Honestly, it's not the most exciting book I've ever read, but nevertheless, I did enjoy it. And the key takeaway for me is just how things continue to evolve and change. And as an investor, You need to stay up on those changes. So that was the key takeaway for me. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone is having a great weekend. And if you want to check this book out, I just ordered it off of Amazon. And once again, it's Where the Money Is, Value Investing in the Digital Age by Adam Cecil. And until next time.